Are you ready to say goodbye to 2020 for good? Then do it in style with your pals at Mystery Titans Theater and the live New Year's Eve Spectacular. Join your hosts, Travis Waloshin, Johnny Hedgepeth, and the returning Kelly Nelson as we sit back and watch the exploits of such timeless entertainers as Bruce Monroe, Swede Hansen, and Barry O. Celebrate the turning of the clock from coast to coast as the fellows are joined throughout the night by Mystery Titans Theater favorites James Hamilton, Max Mitchell, Robert Hawkins, Zubin Sundar, Mark Stanley, Sean Whitaker, and new friends Robert Charlton and Brad McNeil, and many more. The fun starts here at Mystery Titans Theater HQ, Jarvis Washing Machine on YouTube at 10 p.m. Eastern Time and 7 Pacific, and we won't say goodnight until the new year has reached Vancouver. It's gonna be a party, so subscribe on YouTube for more updates, and let us know if there's a card you'd like to see on the Mystery Titans Theater New Year's Eve Live Spectacular. And boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 59 of Boom Goes a Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? Better now. <laughs> and what, what, what do you got tonight? Can checks, can checks. Let's start the podcast off right as you know, I am uh, exercising in branding Bon and Viv hard seltzers. It's my last one. It's a lemon lime. Uh, bon and Viv, please sponsor us. Whether you're Bon, whether you're Viv, it doesn't matter. Just give me some free seltzer is what I'm saying. <laughs> also, Ritz crackers, you owe me an apology and like a lifetime supply of salt and vinegar chips that don't have giant shit meters meteors in them. Ooh. Um, I don't know. I tweeted about this and you can see this on my Twitter at Thick Flare TTV. But I uh, I popped open a fresh, delicious bag of Ritz toasted chips. My favorite flavor, the salt and vinegar Ritz toasted chips. You ever have those? They're fantastic. I, I have not. They're just wonderful. Like, there's one of those really, really addictive chips where you, like, eat a couple. You're like, oh, shit. Oh, oh, oh. Next thing you know, you're, like, three quarters of a bag through and you are you just hate yourself. Right. But they're totally worth it. Well, today, I'm, like, my second or, like, I was a few, but I had a couple of chips. And I pulled this chip out. And it had this giant mass attached to it. Uh-oh. Like a, uh, uh, it looked like. 
either it looked like the 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 shit meteorite from Joe Dirt. Oh God. Or like uh, I don't know. Are are you a Lucy, the daughter of the devil guy? Like, did you watch Adult Swim around that 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 era? I don't remember uh, that show. Yeah. Okay. There was a there was a character in Lucy, the daughter of the devil, called Terry the Teratoma, and it was like this big weird tumor with like teeth and shit that like talked. And, and that's like the only way I can describe what I found in my bag of chips today. Uh, so that was horrifying. Uh, amongst another just week of uh, of Murphy's Law type situations where just things constantly went wrong. So Jeff, it's great to be here and just talking about wrestling. Did you? Oh yeah, I forgot. You have now been uh, you know after the events of last week, uh, Kenny Omega winning the uh, winning the AEW World Title and going to Impact Wrestling to tell us all about it. Um, we have now upgraded you. You have a promotion within the show, I, and you, I am you, happy to accept it. You are now our, uh, you are now the BGTD Impact correspondent. So, and you know, and it's in an illustrious position that I am happy to accept and will serve amicably and with grace. Uh, hold on a second. I'm gonna just, uh, just one second. Okay, good. I have my AEW Dynamite slash impact correspondent hat on now i'm wearing the special hat oh good uh so that's how you you guys you listeners uh uh will notice the energy that this brings when i change hats so i'm wearing my official impact correspondent hat and i'm uh happy to correspond about impact wrestling with you so yeah before we get to tonight's dynamite i did watch last night's super special incredible episode of impact wrestling which was you know an episode of Impact Wrestling. But I know I, I got to say a couple things about it. One, uh, there is a lot of talent on that roster. And I, we brought that up a couple times before, I think, on the show. But they do have a pretty talented roster, especially on the women's side. Like, the Knockouts division is low-key. Probably the best women's division in wrestling. You know, if you're not counting, like, you know, full-on Joshi promotions or whatever. Right. But there's some really good talent over there. The opening match between Alex Shelley and Josh Alexander was very hot. Um, I know you've probably seen a bunch of Alex Shelley and Josh Alexander matches in, like, Berwyn. Um, I felt like I was at the Berwyn Eagles Club for the first 15 minutes of the show, <laughs> which was pretty great. Uh, you know, shout out to the Berwyn Eagles Club. Great venue. Um, so, yeah, no, there was a lot to like. Um, and I will say this uh, about Impact. They're the only like quote unquote major promotion that's running shows like with no fans whatsoever, and they do it right. The production is quite good. The camera work uh, uh, in the empty arena is really nice. The set design's very good, and they should be commended for that. Um, and the Kenny Omega Don Callis segment, which is what we watched for, you know, was what it was. It was done in like the luxury tour bus with Josh Matthews, and it was. We'll get to uh, tonight's Kenny Omega promo, but it didn't look a whole lot different than what we saw tonight, which we'll we'll, we'll talk about uh, the reasons behind that. But yeah, uh, it was fine, and I think I watched some more. It obviously boosted their ratings. They got you know the best uh, uh, viewership they've received in quite a long time, uh, peaking out over fifty thousand viewers on their Twitch feed, which wow. you know nice to see. Hey, people watching wrestling, man, it's good. That's a good thing. Um, I did catch the uh, the 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 ad placement by Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone, including. What do you think of it? I I I, I mean they, they've used that old school background before. Uh, really yeah, like to, that backdrop. That. And then cool. I, I love the uh, the 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 uh, back and forth between uh, Khan and Schiavone, where Tony Khan's like, "Hey, you you you've called uh, you know matches for Impact, you know back you know back in the early days," and Tony Schiavone goes. 
Yeah, I uh, called one match and then left the business for 18 years. <laughs> so what do you like, know? Wow. That was a good line. That was a very good line. I, um, I, this, I, was I, a, I this was fun. The, Tony and Tony have a pretty good energy. And I will say this um, about Tony Khan, the patron saint of fail sons. Um, it must be nice to be the son of a billionaire because you can afford really, really good cocaine. <laughs> Like the kind of like uncut, like unstepped on coke that like you're super high, but like you don't have any like the weird side effects. So he's not like chattering or like sweating or like uh, having to chew on something or looking too weird. He's just high and having a nice time. So and, and you know what? If I had Tony Khan money, I'd be fucking keyed out of my skull pretty much constantly. Respect. Did you happen to watch Dark? <laughs> you know what, Jeff? I sort of did. I sort of did. I skimmed through dark this week. I heard about so, a particular segment. Did you happen to catch that? Did you go back and watch her? I, I, I had no time to do so. Oh, honestly, it was, it was very cool. So the reason I skimmed through dark was because there was a lot of buzz about a certain segment involving one Marco stunt. Uh, Britt Baker has a uh, segment called the waiting room. Now that they've been putting on AEW dark. I expect to see this on Wednesdays at some point. It's a Piper's pit like interview type show. Uh, they have the little fake set that's done like a dentist's office waiting room. Uh, they got, they have Reba in rhinestone adorned scrubs which I think is a very nice touch. Uh, and they have Britt interviewing, uh, you know, different wrestlers. They interviewed Dustin Rhodes and uh, had Marco stunt with an acoustic guitar, uh, sing a song on it. And holy shit, Marco is talented, man. Like the dude can sing, he can play guitar and he can wrestle. Uh, uh, just a multi-talented individual. And what was, was he very, cool. what was he singing? I don't know the name of that song, but it was like, I think it was some like mid two thousands, like emo song. I could be wrong about that. And someone can correct me. And if you know, if you listeners know what song uh, Marco Stunt was singing on AEW Dark, uh, please tweet us at BGTD podcast and tell us about that. But it was quite good. Uh, really interesting to see. And I hope to see more of Marco showing off his many talents uh, uh, on the program. We haven't seen a lot of Jurassic Express lately, conversely. Yeah, uh, oddly enough. But with that, we go live. Today's place in Jacksonville, Florida, for episode 59 of AEW Dynamite. Your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. And uh, we start right off with the promised tag team extravaganza, uh, executive vice presidents, and your AEW world tag team champions, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson, the young Bucks. Nah, fam, those are your champions. Against. Words in my mouth. Against. Jack Evans, E. Angelico, uh, the hybrid two. What did you think? (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean what I think? This match fucked! Woo! This was good shit, brother. There there was some uh, good stuff in this. This, well, the best thing I can say about this match is that it was, you know, it was a non-title match. The point of the match was, you know, if you beat the champs, you get a title shot. It felt like a title match. Did it feel like a title match to you? It, it did. Felt it, like it had well, especially, especially with the booking involved because, of course, you know, we, we, we know who wins. Right, but we had the, the booking is one thing, but living up to the booking is the next thing. And to treat the match as such and to sell the match as such is the you know the next step to that the, the the next hill you have to climb there. And they did. And also I'd say maybe Angelico's best outing since he's been in AEW. Right, yeah, I I I'd be willing Angelico to believe that. really shined in this match. I think he I thought he was the centerpiece of this one. Yeah. Um I, I just saw that you know, they would, you know, maybe 
lead to a title match, but they chose to go in a different direction. I was certainly hoping for it because I think the hybrid two could be a top tag team in an already very deep division. These dudes can go. They're compelling. They cut good promos. Angelico has a great look. Um, obviously, he's super, super handsome. And, uh, you know, you can use that to your advantage on television, right? It's a TV show mm-hmm. uh, with half-naked dudes, you know, wrestling each other. So, like, when you have a guy that looks like Angelico, make him front and center, I feel like. Uh, but, no, I, I thought it was a really well-done match. I'm hoping that this at least – boost the hybrid two's profile and we see them at the top of that tag team scene more often now um at the uh end of the match uh the acclaimed who were in the audience and at one point took uh i think it was jack evans uh, from a power bomb yeah yeah um, yeah jack evans got power bombed into the acclaimed which side note on the acclaimed one of the other parts uh, that i watched on AEW dark last night i'm really starting to like these guys uh they're starting to really click for me uh they did a little rap and the guy who can rap like had some had a couple of good bars uh on his thing which was pretty fun uh i think that these guys are some up-and-comers uh, the acclaim tried to rush the ring against the young bucks but uh they're stopped by the addiction you know frankie gazarian and christopher daniels so it's uh, so funny you still call them the addiction i love that because <laughs> it's just they're just scu to me right i i I like the addiction. So, Although, you know, um, you know, one of the uh, one of the highlights from watching Impact Wrestling on Twitch is during commercial breaks, you know, they can only run so many ads like, you know, during a Twitch ad block. So to fill that time in the in the TV ad breaks, they play clips from old TNA wrestling mm-hmm. and uh, they did play uh, a great clip from a uh, I think it was an addiction uh, Young Bucks match is oh, what wow. that was. Maybe. It was long-haired Frankie Kazarian, like, or it was like an X Division title match, maybe or something. But uh, uh, it's really cool stuff. We then get a promo with MJF, you know, proclaiming he's going to retake the uh, the the Dynamite Diamond, and uh, and yeah, they was that just kind of was what it was. Um, we then get... intensity in this little spot was very nice to see. Like, this is when you get like really good MJF. Like he can do a lot of different things. And I think a lot of people are starting to kind of know him for the comedy stuff. And it's nice to show, see him show off, uh, uh, his range. And I think when MJF really dials in and he's intense, I think he can be a very strong character. We then go to a pre-tape promo of Darby Allen, a Receiving a Rorschach test, which led to one of my favorite tweets you've done in quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I had to, yeah. Not Darby that I'm Allen not biased, but <clears throat> Darby Allen Moore, which is the first thing I had. To, it's the first thing I thought about. It just immediately came up there. This was very cool. Yeah, it, this was a uh, uh, Darby Allen uh, it, Watchman style. <laughs> I would love that. I would love like a Watchmen style. Uh, who are the other Watchmen of AEW that you'll be better qualified? Oh God, sense. I'm not even getting into. So this like, if one. Darby is Rorschach, who are the other Watchmen? Jesus. Yeah, we could be here all night. Oh, Jericho, that. Jericho would be the comedian because he's you yeah know, old, old racist and in <laughs> in a in a goon. Oh jeez, uh, who would be Doctor Manhattan though? Because somebody has to. Nobody walks around naked, so. <laughs> Who would be? Ooh, that is a good question. Anyway, uh, this segues into another promo, and it is a, uh, a an in-ring meeting between Tony Schiavone, Cody Rhodes, Arn Anderson, and the man they call Sting. The Stinger, baby. He is here. He's back. He is 
awesome. It's just, it's so cool to see this, man. Like I, I, I kind of almost find myself at a loss for words every time he comes. I'm just like, oh fuck, dude, it's Sting. Check it out. It's like, it, dude. It's it, he's look at him. Look at him. Look, 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 look. I mean, it, it it was cool for a minute, and then he started his promo, and then I remembered, oh yeah, Sting doesn't really cut great promos. <laughs> so this <laughs> is where I have to full throated disagree with you. Um, I like this Sting a lot. I think Steve Borden is an effortlessly charismatic guy. Like he has this old school wrestler's charisma that is very rare. I think that there are like a handful of people from his generation that you could just listen to, like talk just like a regular guy all day long. This really shined through at StarCast 2 in Las Vegas. Sting's live show was one of the best of the weekend because I he's just an interesting guy with uh, right, a, a, just but... a way of a manner of kind of speaking and a manner of kind of just bringing you in where you're like, yeah, yeah, tell me more. Yeah, but yeah, I'd I'm, like to Okay, but more. but how many of the great how many great promos did he cut during, you know, that peak WCW period? Well, that was a different character and and they were going it was a different goal right so that sting wasn't supposed to talk or cut promos or do those things and i think that you know 20 or damn near 30 years ago it's a different guy as well and i think the experiences that stings had and now an older more seasoned sting is a different guy in conversation and a different guy on the mic and i think it's good that they showed his human side right away because now you can contrast that with Darby Allen, who's, you know, doing what he's doing. Right. And Darby doesn't talk a whole lot and Darby can be your more silent type through this. And I think this is going to kind of cut an interesting contrast between the two of them. Now, mind you, even though I thought that the, the, the promo rambled and, and of course the second I say that out loud, they wrap it up. But I don't, I don't necessarily I, think it rambled. I, I don't even think it was really that long-winded. I think it was pretty uh, uh, explanatory to the point of what he wanted to do, what what his reasons were for being there. And I thought he got a couple of good lines in there. And again, Sting's Steve Borden's charisma really shined through there now, for me. And I really like that. Now, there's one thing that they could have done better. There's one way we could have made this better. And that's just Jared Leto Joker Sting. <laughs> oh no <laughs> you want they've already done ledger joker sting jared leto joker sting i was just gonna say that i actually did like that last line of the yeah. promo that see around yeah. kid i i like that i, I, yeah, I thought it was, that was good yeah it was a nice little shot and uh uh yeah i thought i thought it was done quite well i think sting and darby allen is gonna be absolute money for this promotion and the longer they take to build it the better just milk this thing for all it's worth. Yeah, well, I think we've been there before. Uh, we didn't cut. Yeah, exactly. You know how to keep Sting from wrestling for like a year <laughs> while still building. I'm like, it's all right there. Like you have a blueprint for it, right? And to, but now for Sting to be the young, to be the, like the veteran up against the younger guy versus you know 25 years ago up against like a Hulk Hogan, it's really interesting. We then cut to. A Team Taz promo, and Team Taz is on fire, and boy, did Ricky Starks have the drip going. Holy shit. I looked at my girlfriend. I was like, I need that jacket right now. You have to give it to me. <laughs> I have to have it. And hey. Like, he's got it, the Bane jacket with, like, the white the, the white turtleneck and the chain and just, uh, yeah, looks great, talks great. Team Taz is awesome. And uh, we have Hook. This. And we have Hook. And Hook. The boy Hook. The large adult son. 
of Peter Sinertia. <laughs> <laughs> we then go to our second match of the evening in which uh, FTR make their uh, first appearance since, uh, what was that pay-per-view? Full Gear, right. Full Gear. Uh, they make their first appearance since Full Gear against your boy, Griff Garrison. And Brian Pillman Jr., sweet, the varsity sweet summer child, Griff Garrison. Uh I didn't think this match was too bad. Actually, I, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was pretty decent. I will contend that this match was good, and Griff Garrison is good. Griff Garrison. Let's talk about Griff Garrison for a second. Griff Garrison is 22 years old. This kid has all of the tools. He is big. He is in st- extremely athletic. He's got a good look. He's already building a move set. He's charismatic. He's got a tag team partner that's going to help him raise his profile for the first few years of his career. I think the Varsity Blondes is a really good move here. Um, I think uh, there's nowhere to go but up, man. Uh, We saw a lot of potential here. And I'm glad that we're seeing Griff on Wednesday nights. Uh, I'm glad he's building his profile against former champions. And I'm glad he didn't take the pin. Yeah, Brian Pillman Jr., who I don't think... Is he under contract? I'm not really sure what the deal is with Pillman, to be honest with you. I would assume now that they have like a, a an established tag team and stuff that they got him under contract because Griff's under contract. Griff's I, in AEW. I mean, I don't remember ever saying the Brian Pillman Jr. is all elite. So Yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on there, but um, I would like to see more Varsity Blondes. I think this is a good tag team. And again, we saw a lot of tag team wrestling tonight reminded of AEW's got the tag team division. This is the home of like the best tag team wrestling out there. Uh, after the, after their victory, FTR kind of messed with Jurassic express a little bit. So there you go. Yeah. Some Jurassic express for the first time in a good long while. It's nice to see them. I don't know what the deal was, what maybe just strategically keeping them off TV for time purposes. Uh, not a lot of jungle boy matches and stuff happening, which is surprising because usually they'll at least keep him in singles action. Uh, so I'm hoping to see more of them in ring. They did have a, an AEW dark match um, on Tuesday, and that was pretty good, too. We then cut backstage to the bar area with uh, with Adam Page, and uh, the Beaver Boys Wait, just kind of show up <laughs> with Cowboy Can we talk heads. about Drip again? That Adam Page shirt, and this is pretty amazing in the canon of Adam Page shirts, probably the best Adam Page shirt to date. It almost looked like a pullover, like from the from the from the nineties. So good, it was like a white, know? yeah, button down with like that, uh, like uh, like stripe through the quarter that had like cut a horizon with like cacti and stuff in it, with like the oranges and the blues. Just a brilliant shirt. Looked awesome. So now, uh, Paige and the Beaver Boys will be teaming up against uh, Matt Hardy and Private Party next week. Yeah, on... The Dark Order. They show up. They say, "Come on, man." Uh, Let's be realistic. Who else is going to be there for you? Yeah. And I really like how they're building this, showing that Adam Page has nowhere else to turn. And in his hour of need, Dark Order is there. What do you think? Do you think Adam Page joins Dark Order? Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, he just left one group. True. But be leaning into the factions thing. And, and, and they wouldn't let him leave either. True. But so. he's gone now. So... So there's that. Speaking of the Dark Order, our third match of the evening, number 10, Preston Vance of the Dark Order, up against uh, Dustin Rhodes. Um, this match was 
it was serviceable, but uh, that finish was. There I was thought. some, yeah, there was some stuff there. I mean, I just like seeing Dustin wrestle. It's in, just in, it really is every time he goes out there, you're just like, how is this dude still doing this? Like he really, like if you watch a gold dust match from like 1998 and then watch Dustin from yesterday, it's the same guy he hasn't lost a single step. Yeah. He he's uh he's kept up. I, I just, that, that, that bulldog finish. I just, I don't think that was supposed to be the finish and they just mm. kind of went with it. it. It it just seemed like something was miscommunicated there. Hmm. I do think that, I don't know if Preston Vance, I think is used to being the big guy in matches because he's not a small guy. Like Preston Vance is a pretty big dude and you know, he usually tossing dudes around. Dustin is bigger than him and it felt like he wasn't prepared for Dustin's size on a couple of those moves. Like there was that power bomb kind of spot where Dustin had to land on his foot first yeah, uh, there was a couple of things there. I think Preston was like not ready for how big Dustin is. Yeah, yeah, there was definitely some some sort of miscommunication going on through that. Match, yeah, yeah, so. true. Uh, Post match, uh, Evil Uno tries to make the, mm. the pitch to to Dustin to join the Dark Order. I like o- this offering- Dark Order in full recruiting mode. Like they're just trying to get people. I think this is a, you know, and I was going to come on this podcast and complain about Dark Order is booking. Like I was fully prepared all week to be like, why is Dark Order treading water? Why aren't we doing anything with Dark Order Why Brody, while Brody is gone? Can we have like maybe somebody try to take over Dark Order? Can we have dissent? Can we do something with Dark Order in the meantime while Brody's out? And this is a cool way to do it. Like, let's have them go on a recruiting kick so when Brody gets back, they go, look what we did for you. Yeah. Uh, they offered Dustin a spot as number seven. <laughs> Dark Order. And I lost <laughs> And I lost my freaking mind. <laughs> yeah, I popped. Uh, this is a, a way to pop their uh, wrestling fans of a certain age and WCW fans. Uh, you know, folks will remember the short-lived seven in world championship oh, yes. wrestling. <laughs> which uh, clips of his entrance, the original seven entrance are going around now. I highly recommend people find oh, that. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. It lasted like, a, it didn't even last one match. Cause he, he gave it up. I love like, how they, they name him after a serial killer from one nineties movie, but dress him like a guy from a different nineties movie. Yeah. And it's just, it's so good. Well, and, that, you know, well that's Vince Russo. A time for to you. say a good time to, to relitigate dark man. Dark man's actually pretty, pretty cool. Uh, I know as a Sam Raimi guy, I think Dark Man works on some levels. So, uh, you know, Dark, check out Dark Man. Oh, Dark Man's, you know, Dark Man's a if Chapo Trap House can go out and fucking rehabilitate Avatar, then we can rehabilitate Dark Man. Now, wait, you say Avatar, you mean the James Cameron movie or the last I mean, the James Avatar, the last, the last Airbender? Because that cartoon yes, rules. M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan's the uh, last no, Avatar, God, the no. last Airbender. No that, no, that is beyond redemption. It, it is. But but I will say this. I rewatched The Village. Uh, recently and i've always had a pretty negative opinion of the village i think i take it back i think the village is actually good i changed my mind on the village the ending is still pretty goofy but it's a pretty good movie up until then and i, I still think it's pretty like well made and well constructed we then get a pre-tape backstage promo between tony shivani brandy rhodes and shaquille o'neal in one of the most useless segments i've seen on this show in quite some time the this big sh- dynamo this had, this was pointless. I'm sorry, this was pointless. I thought the I thought by the end it was actually kind of fun. I mean, okay, so okay, Brandy getting ether is always fun, but yeah, you know. there are two goals to this angle. 
it's one to bring in Jade Cargill and two to cross promote the show that Cody and Shaq are both hosts on, right? But that's what the point Shaq's of Shaq's not on that is. show. Shaq's not on that show? I'm no, sure Shaq is. will end up on that show. Well, okay, he, he I'm just going to say it. Shaq. It's a TNT property. Shaq will end up on it. <laughs> Let's just mark my words there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is like a, a means to bring in Jade Cargill. And yeah, you know, I thought it started out kind of low-key. Shaq is better when he's like more off the cuff and kind of gets to like riff and like do different type of more high energy type things. This really isn't his element. Uh, I thought Brandy did okay. Like trying to carry it. A lot of it felt pretty forced, right? It didn't like feel like a lot of stuff was clicking, but eventually by the time, you know, Brandy tossed the, uh, the water in the face and like, you know, said, you know, the parting shots and stuff. There was a couple of things that worked about it and a few things that didn't. But I think it's eventually going to get to the to a Brandy versus Jade Cargill match with Cody and Shaq in the respective corners. I would assume that's probably where we're going to end up. I don't think Shaq wrestles a full match. Do you? I don't think Shaq wrestles at all. I would think Shaq does a spot or does a bump or two, but I don't think he actually ends up like a, con- a participant in a match unless it's a battle Royal. Yeah. I, I, I don't see I it. The battle Royal. He did it. He did a battle Royal in WWE a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, they were setting up a, a WrestleMania match with he and big show that ended up falling apart. Yeah. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently. Multiple- yeah. You told, yeah. You, you think you told me that, but uh, yeah, you know, we, but also, the- but you know, also yeah. the, the, the fact is, is that I, how how the, the 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 inverse proportion of how Brandy is pushed versus how over she is is just okay. Yeah, that's fair. You know, it's just yeah. The On thing that, is, you know, I, I there is there is a lot of just criticism for Brandy, but also I do think that Brandy is a talented personality, and when used properly and when put in the right spots, can be a compelling character. Um, I don't know if this is exactly it, but if it ends up with Jade Cargill just beating the shit out of her as a welcome to AEW, I'm here for that. We then go to the ring for the Inner Circle's ultimatum promo, and... uh, (laughs) You didn't like it, really? No, I did not. Why not? It didn't work for you. It just... It's... I just... It's stupid. That's why. (laughs) Yeah, it's... I mean, okay, we, we know now that this is a vehicle for for Sammy Guevara to to exit the inner circle at this point. Or, that appears or, to be what's being foreshadowed. Yes, um, it's just I I don't know. I'm just I'm just tired of it already. I'm tired of this hmm. angle already. I thought it was very interesting. Santana not being there. That was interesting. I, I, will I thought that really that really piqued my interest. I also was really hoping that Jake Hager and Wardlow would start like stepping closer to each other, like slowly and slowly and slowly, and then just kiss. That's what I was really <laughs> hoping for. Um, you really just want kissing on this show, don't you? I would like some dudes to kiss on this show. They keep teasing it. They're so close, Jeff. <laughs> but for now, the inner circle remains, and they will all be joining. What if they MJF. all? But maybe they do. We just don't see it. Speaking Would you of, like it then? Would you be okay with the inner circle then? Speak, what will make you happy? Speaking of people who we know kiss, uh, FTR and Tully Blanchard uh, cut a backstage <laughs> promo. <laughs> they definitely kiss. They have to. I would kiss Tully Blanchard if he was my manager. Would you? Would you? Yeah, absolutely. And I again, th- this promo was whatever. It was no. It, it was they're, whatever. They're good. Yeah. Tully lost the thread a little bit there. 
But uh, FTR rules. They're still one of the best tag teams in the world. Um, it sucks that they don't have belts. Uh, they're great champions. But yeah, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see where things go with them from here. Um, again, we can just mention every time tag teams come up, this division is super deep and there's so many places and so many directions that these tag teams can go. What I really hope that the tag team division focuses on is the in-ring aspect of the division. Let these guys just fight each other, man. Let Just give us tag matches. Let these guys jostle for position and tell your stories in the ring. And on that note, we have a story being told in the ring with our fourth match of the evening. Uh, Lance Archer, Penta El Cerro Miedo E, Rey Phoenix, contra Eddie Kingston, The Butcher, and The Blade. And unf- I-, I was hyped for this match, and unfortunately my interest in it sapped when they took Penta out of it early. <laughs> Which, you know, compelling to do that. Uh, and it again, you know, to your point about telling the story in the ring, if you're going to tell your story in the ring, this is a great way to do it. The main tension between Penta and Eddie Kingston is there, right? So what do these bad guys do? Take Pentagon out of it because they believe Phoenix to be the weak link, right? But that's the story that they've been telling. Right. That Eddie doesn't believe in Phoenix. He doesn't have faith in Phoenix. He doesn't uh, think Phoenix is really worth the hype, right? So they take out Penta, who they believe to like be the guy in order to you know win this match. And they do. They follow through and win the match, which unfortunate but it's getting us to the to um where i think is a great place of storytelling that death triangle needs to be death triangle in order to overcome these odds right yeah and where was pack where's pack well i think that's i think the reason he wasn't in this match is so that they could lose making leading us to believe they need to be death triangle to win yeah well i mean we we're all about the triangle de la muerte of course but oh you know we are and also, another thing that stood out to me uh, regarding Lance Archer in this match, one of the great things about Lance Archer, probably the best thing about Lance Archer, is he acts as big as he is. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Like he, he carries himself like a huge guy. He wrestles like a huge guy. He believes in himself as a huge guy. And it really works. Like He really is like a true monster in a way that not a lot of big wrestlers are anymore. No, I, 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 buy, I buy that. I buy that 100%. Yeah, I think but, the, there's there's a lot there with, with Lance Archer. And this was a fun match. Uh, had a lot of good stuff going on. It, it had the, some good the, stuff, the but again... The, like, putting uh, Penta through that table was fucking brutal. It was, but again, I mean, Penta's my guy, so it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. No, I, we you hate know. seeing Penta get beat up, but he took a hell of a bump. And again, uh, we have to mention, anytime uh, Butcher and Blade are doing good stuff... Allie being back really makes this work, man. She's so good at what she does. Yeah, she was she, just great job on the outskirts of the ring, just kind of snipping, getting in the spots that she could, yelling, screaming. Uh, when she uh, uh, bit Ray Phoenix and looked at the camera, was like, "I would never, I would never." Yeah. So no, good. I, no, I thought that was, I thought that was some good stuff. I really did. But again, no Penta. I was like, ah, fuck, you know. Which, you know, hey, this is uh, this is how the storytelling works. We're going to see this comeback next week. Uh, I'm expecting us to see Pac back next week and, uh, you know, Death Triangle try to get their shit back together so they can overcome Kingston Goon. We then cut backstage and we have a uh, a brawl with a lot of women. <laughs> Just crack it. At, at, we, got a, we got a scrum. We got a quagmire. We, we have a hullabaloo. A... We do have a hullabaloo. A real dust up. Yeah. And yeah, so 
Maybe it'll lead to something. We'll see. This was fun because, like, what I like about when they do these things is, like, people just show up out of nowhere that you wouldn't expect. Like, all of a sudden, Eva Elise was there. You're like, hey, why is Eva Elise here? We don't know. Who cares? They're fighting. It's fun. Nyla was, like, having a good time there, just trying to, like, throw chairs and do all kinds of stuff. And another thing that stood out, Jade Cargill's fucking huge, dude. I didn't really realize that her first appearance, she is big. She's jacked and, like, tall. And, like, I get why they signed her. Like, she cuts a very, like, uh, intimidating figure. Continuing with the women's segment of the show, uh, we have Tesha Price versus one of our favorites around these parts, Abaddon. Abaddon! Uh, and, you know, uh, always try to support Michigan wrestlers. Uh, Tesha from Chelsea, Michigan. However, it's Abaddon, so you can die. Yeah, uh, Abaddon does a really good STO, it turns out. Hell yeah, Abaddon can go. Here's the thing, not only is the character good, but Abaddon can wrestle. Uh, this is uh, inspired by AEW to uh, shoot Abaddon up to the top of the card in the women's division, and I think it's going to give Hikaru Shida's title run the shot of life that it needed. Yeah, I mean, this was a, basically a squash, but yeah, uh, Abaddon looked like she was throwing some punches there. She was yeah. She uh, looked she was like a laying it in. Yeah, and and which made the post match stuff even more effective, right? Because Abaddon just destroys this girl, and then is immediately confronted by Hikaru, a sweatpants wearing Hikaru Shida, kendo stick in hand, ready to confront her fears. And and she did, but her fears got right back up. <laughs> that man. kendo stick shot to the head was fucking brutal, dude. It was. And she she's still so sad. She cracked right in the skull. And she's and so sad. Undertaker right back up. Just yeah. That was awesome. I, I popped for that, like, audibly. That I was, was like, oh, yes. Woo. That was good. That was good. This is a good few. This is a good angle. And um, I think it's what, again, I think it's what Sheeta needed to. We then get a backstage promo with the inner circle who reiterate the fact that they will be joining MJF for Dynamite Diamond final. And then. We get well after what Jericho said. Um, <laughs> the inner circle is going to be here, and MJF is going to win. It's a stone cold guarantee. The minute he said that, I was convinced that Orange Cassidy was going to win that match. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 MJF's definitely losing this one. Yeah. We then get uh, a helicopter arrival of the new AEW World Champion. Kenny it was a Omega. tiny little helicopter. Because I guess they spent all the money on the huge bus to drive to Impact Wrestling. <laughs> so they have such a big bus that they can only get the little helicopter. Uh, Don Callis joining the proceedings for this. And uh, hmm. you know what? When Don Callis is cutting a better promo. <laughs> well, so this is one of the things that I think is worth bringing up. A lot of people ask, why do this? Why have this partnership? Why, you know, what what does AEW stand to benefit from, you know, opening up for business with Impact Wrestling in this manner? My answer to that is Don Callis. Don Callis is what they get from this. And this is some good shit, dude. Don Callis is crushing in this role. Um, it's it's some of his best work we've I've seen from him in a long time. And it kind of goes goes into the theme of something that AEW has done with a lot of, you know, uh, uh, wrestlers and industry professionals of a certain age or from a certain era, 
that they're really getting the best out of people like this, whether it's Don Callis, whether it's Taz, whether it's Vicky Guerrero, Tony Schiavone, uh, the list goes on. Jake, Jake, the snake Roberts, uh, a lot of folks are feel inspired working there. And that's really interesting to me because, you know, you see a lot of guys or, and gals that get a little older. They've been doing it a long time. A lot of folks will mail it in or, you know, not really have that magic anymore. Or just kind of stuff won't click. But people are really finding themselves creatively on All Elite Wrestling. That's really interesting to me. Well, you know, that being said, you know, Kenny, you could tell, was trying to slip back into, you know, the the, the era that we I prefer for him. Um, you know, the, 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 the dork ass, you know, junior heavyweight on him, a super villain who just joined the bullet club, you know? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's some of the best Kenny. It is some of the best Kenny, but he, maybe the problem here is that you really just can't go home again because that, it wasn't fair. working for me today. Yeah. No, Kenny's promo, Kenny's portion of this promo didn't really work for me either. Um, which again, makes me go back to the necessity and importance of Don Callis. Yeah. Like, because this thing does not work without Don Callis. Yeah. And honestly, I never thought Kenny was that great a promo to begin with, especially, especially during, you know, the, the best bout machine eras. Yeah. I don't I, think I, he's a great promo. I think he's a serviceable promo. And yeah. I think he's effective for his character a lot and, and is amicable. But Don Callis really reminded me of just like a top notch 80s manager in this thing. You know that's what? really what I was thinking. I was like, man, this is like some like WCW Saturday night, like good shit right here. You know, I, I'm not, a, I, I've never been a huge Don Callis fan, but you know what? He, he definitely was the better part of this. Oh yeah. Um, and I think, I, think I, I he just, really is inspired in this role. Now what I'm hoping for is that there's not so much of a, a co-relationship between impact and AEW that you have to watch impact in order to know what the hell is going on in AEW. Because well, that because so far, well, well hold on. Uh, so okay. far. So far. Okay, great. Does that mean it's gonna stay that way? Who knows? Because I say yes. Because I it finally took me I finally thought about it, why it bothered me, and it's because yes, it's good for business if companies work together, but I've also been so burnt on decades of comic book reading and all the crossovers where you have to buy all these titles to get the full story. Well, no, I don't want to buy all these titles. <laughs> I want to buy well, I mean, the yeah, main series or I want to buy the ones I'm already reading, you know, and know what's going you know, the on. The comic book industry, much like the wrestling industry, very carny and very, you know, capitalistically motivated, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, very financially motivated and very designed specifically to take money from 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 kids and their parents right um, <laughs> from, from marks like but, me yes <laughs> yeah so, yeah well same uh so but what i what i've seen you know after watching impact last night in aw tonight these promos were essentially a carbon copy and so here's i think this is the bit i think the bit is they keep going on to impact and dynamite and keep teasing a big announcement and just doing this all the time until they really, really piss people off. That's the goal. <laughs> here. And that's what I think is the plan. And you know what? Good fucking plan. Good. Get, <laughs> keep doing this over and over again until they get absolutely nuclear heat. I think that we're going to see them keep doing this for at least a month. Oh, gee, <laughs> a month, huh? but you know what? Fine. Good. It's wrestling. 
it's kayfabe, man. Like people need to like not take this shit so seriously and just like enjoy the ride. Well, I, uh, I, I, again, I agree there, but I also don't want to have to watch a TV show that I don't watch. Right. The full so, story, here, you know? so, so here's what here's what you do. You don't watch it, man. It's it's your choice. And, that's and every we, wrestling fan has a choice. And that's why we have you as our BGTD yeah, Impact correspondent. You don't have to watch. <laughs> you don't have to watch Impact. You just have to come right here to the Boom Goes a Dynamite podcast and the official Impact Wrestling correspondent, me, baby, me. Our main event of the evening: MJF versus Orange Cassidy for the in. For for the dynamite diamond, the right to wear it for but another you year. Get to that, like, what, what if, as the official Impact correspondent, I just tell you about a different TNA match I watched from like 2006? I mean, good enough, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> just like, yeah, I just watched uh, Kurt Angle and Abyss. Uh, it was great. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was this had all the makings to being a a an actual. Good to great match, and they ruined it with a fuck finish for the second week in a row. The main mm. event, the main event for with with the stake involved, and it went to a fuck finish. Was it a fuck finish? Yes, it was totally. Is a fuck finish. the bad guy cheating to win a fuck finish? It's a fuck finish is, when someone else is that what come, that is? when someone else uninvolved in the match gets involved. Well, but. So that I thought I thought this is a, a good thing, and so I, I can get to why. One, let's before we get to the end and the fuck finish, the match itself was really well done and well constructed. And uh, as far as storytelling and psychology, I thought it was top notch. Uh, I thought this is I both agree. MJF and Orange Cassidy are very good in ring storytellers, and both of them showed off what they do best, which was really nice. They have very good chemistry. They wrestle each other a ton. They know each other very well, and all that shined through here. Um, Especially MJF, man. Like, this is the best kind of MJF in ring, was, like, this type of match. Uh, I thought the outside stuff was all really well done. I thought that, you know, extra wrestlers uh, gradually coming out to, like, fight back against the inner circle was pretty cool. Yeah, and that was good. I like that. But Yes, there was a lot to there. So... The, uh, the match is going well. A lot of great false finishes. Really wasn't sure who was going to take this one uh, towards the end. And then... To Jeff's point, the match is mired with a little run-in from one Miro, who goes from... Miro had a big day today. He went from the front page of Twitch to the main event of AEW Dynamite, all in one day. Wow. Yeah, Miro was uh, streaming for Twitch Sports today uh, on the front page, so oh. like 20,000 viewers watching him uh, uh, talk about wrestling. Damn. So that okay. was pretty cool. Came out in, that, not bad. You know, in what looked to be a very expensive shirt. That, that that looked pretty expensive. Very but, expensive. Yeah, I just... he comes out, he, he finishes Cassidy. So here's what I like about this. We've been complaining about misuse of Miro through this these angles and like through that storyline uh, since he got to Dynamite, right? Right. This was the best Miro we've seen. Like, this is what we want to see from Miro, though. We want to see Miro come in and just wreck people. Like, he threw that security guy off that uh, off the uh, the entrance ramp. That was fucking... Okay. Ooh, all right, man, I, that I, looked really rough. All right. I, I'll agree with that part. But I just don't like the fact that for, for the last two weeks, we've had matches with actual stakes involved. And it went to end. It ended in a fuck finish. I, I don't like that. That just, okay, it, it's just and, you know, and you're a you're a little bit more of a wrestling purist than me, and I can understand that point of view uh, when you view wrestling through that lens. 
what I I'm what I'm trying to um, what I got out of it is that MJF's the bad guy, so he doesn't care how he wins, right? Well, like, yeah, he doesn't give I know a shit. Like, yeah, whatever, I know that's that. Fine. And, and and him winning found that with like Miro's like really good work here, like the the Miro that we've wanted to see, all that works for me. Yeah, it just for it just didn't work for me. Now, mind you, okay, fine. MJF gets the diamond back. Great. He can continue that shit because he's, you know, not getting a title anytime soon, I don't think. Although I will say this, I think it would have been cool to see Orange Cassidy with that ring and just have him like lazily like kind of have it and just be like, "Look at it. look at the ring." He could have worn it as like a necklace or something. Yep, or just like he like goes to have the ring and he just like forgot it at home. <laughs> now that would be like, where's the be. ring or he has like the ring in his jan sport backpack <laughs> just like different yeah so like there's some fun things you could have done with that and i would have liked to see cassidy win especially leading to more dissent within the inner circle but they're slow burning the inner circle stuff which i do think is the right thing to do yeah on, well they on, yeah they are, they are but again i mean again mjf has nothing else really going on so may as well just keep the ring with him I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, overall, this show, I don't know. It, it A lot of it just fell flat with me this week. Okay. Interesting. I actually really enjoyed this one. I don't think it was like my favorite Dynamite, but I thought having Sting there was great. I really liked the Sting match. I thought the uh, I thought this show was anchored by the Young Bucks uh, TH2 match. And I think probably one of the things, and maybe this is the same for you, really hard to follow that match, man. It was just a really good opener. And it was just really hard to uh, to follow when you do that. You know, that's like a main event caliber match you have at the top of your show. It's tough to do. Yeah, you might be right. It may, maybe that's what it is. But I mean, also for for a really a really promo heavy show, like more so than usual. Uh, it was that it, is it felt true, like, yes. and it just a lot of the promos just didn't work for me at all. Yeah, I don't know if it's because they're trying to get a lot, a lot of stuff in before these major shows, and well, I guess we'll talk a little bit about some of their programming announcements they made before we uh, end the podcast tonight, but I think they're trying to just get a, a lot of stuff all set up uh, you know, going into the year at the end of the year and some of their specials that they have coming up and because they're going to have some time constraints due to the new NBA season starting. Yeah, let, let's get into that real quick. Uh, the the episode on the 23rd. Uh, well, we may not be doing a, uh, a show before Christmas, because if that show starts late, I am I, I'm not able to, to record that late. So, yeah, I don't know exactly what the start time or end time or what the deal is going to yeah, be with that, that, that. I may be I, um, I may be just DVRing, you know, seeing if YouTube TV will let me record it. And then I may be watching it you know, on Christmas Eve when I wake up on. Christmas right. Eve. Yeah. So so be, they're preempted by the NBA. So on the 23rd in two weeks, they'll be preempted by the NBA. And then they have a two week uh, New Year's special. Uh, yes. in the two weeks following that. So they got on, some big stuff on, on both sides of, of, of the calendar. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot there. Uh, so I guess they're trying to just cram all that in. Um, I don't think they should have put Shaq and Sting on the same show. I think they probably should have put those two things on different events. Yeah. But, hey, is what it is. And I think Shaq next week on the uh, uh, in the lead in NBA show would have been a little bit smarter to do. What do I know? Yeah. Paul, go ahead. And that's the show. Your- that's the show. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can find me on Twitter at TV or on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ThickFlare, where I will stream again because my computer finally works and my house is finally fixed. Maybe. Cross your fingers. Pray for me and my home. That is definitely not falling apart, I hope. 
Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. Uh, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel. Um, go back in the feed. Uh, Days of Thunder. I'm last week's episode. I'm on that. Uh, give yeah, it a listen. listen to it. Give it a listen. So, uh, Paul, any final words? I don't want to clout chase, but I really want to go on Days of Thunder at some point. That sounds fun. Well, you, well, I could I could hook you up with the boys sometime. Hook me up, <laughs> Paul. Any final words? Uh, Sting. Sting Abaddon. Those are my final words. Sting Abaddon. Sting we'll it see- on. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye.